Are we rolling? Yes. Sup, y'all? It's your boy, Horace. Chilling with my boy, James. It's uh, Sunday night in the big city. Classic. The weather outside is frightful, but uh, solidarity is so delightful. Um, <laughs> we're sipping on some uh, Prison City Brewing Turf Wars, as recommended by my boy, Max Goldner. Uh it's really good. <laughs> Sponsor us. Give us free shit, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, the five people that hear this podcast are constantly hearing our praise of your beer. Yeah, that's so. Five just customers. give me like a fucking t-shirt or something, or like a drink chip. Yeah, you know, people still do that. You know, I don't know what that is. Just some. Oh, you, so like how drink chips, like their their original use, or so I'm told, is like bar closes down. It's two. You still have a drink left. You know. So, but the bartender can say, here's a drink chip, you know, leave now, you come back in next time, you get your drink chip, Uh you get whatever drink you want. Nice. But like, bartenders just kind of give them out to their friends and stuff. A lot of bars don't do them anymore. Sure. Because like bartenders would just give like 10 out to their friends and and their friends would just drink for free every night. So, (laughs) but I digress. Um, This is the Solidarity Unlimited podcast. Yeah. And uh, tonight, uh, we got a very special topic that is both near and dear oh, to yeah. mine and James Hart. Oh, yeah. It is the 1988 John Carpenter cult classic sci-fi film, yeah. They Live. And wow. uh, for all the folks at home that may not be f- familiar with this, I was hoping James could maybe give them a quick little background of like what the movie's about. Yeah, so the the quick rundown of it is you follow... A nameless drifter, drifter, it played never, by Rowdy Rowdy Piper. Oh my god, the wrestler. Yeah, and you'd think he'd be terrible, but he's actually like perfect. he's pretty sick. He's perfect for the role. He's not a good actor, but it almost like perfectly works for. Him. Well, it's good because the character he plays is sort of like this naive, yeah, guy that stumbles into this, this unknown world this that James weird, is gonna, yeah, this reveal. This, Spoiler alert: the movie's been out for like thirty four years, so. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's been off forever. Yeah. Uh, so this drifter looks goes out looking for work, finds some with a construction company, and uh, starts living with a, a I guess essentially some sort of shanty town underneath. It's sort a, of like like a homeless collective. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It kind of. Kind of. Co-op. Yeah. Which is which is next to a church. Some might say socialist commune. It it definitely has that vibe. Joe Biden's America. <laughs> yeah, everyone living in shanty communist communes, and uh, so he goes. He he discovers that this church is broadcasting some guerrilla television hack signal, telling everybody that there's monsters hidden as people. And, and this is all set in the backdrop of like Ronald Reagan's America in the eighties. Yeah. A lot of income inequality, big time unemployment, poverty, homelessness, mm-hmm. greed, corruption. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely very a reaction to Reaganomics yes. and stuff like that. And so you see that a lot. You see people. You see like there's a very clear division between you know uh, Roddy Piper's character. Not he, he's he's credited as nada yeah but they never name him in the movie at all yeah so but in any event he, he you know he there's a lot of scenes of him on one side like there's especially in the really in the early in the film where he's 
like sitting outside and then somebody's inside watching television wishing they could be rich and famous so he what happens is he ends up the whole commune and the church get essentially bulldozed and torched by the police and he goes in and discovers some special sunglasses that allow him to see excuse me he discovers a box of sunglasses that allows anyone to see that some people are actually aliens and all advertisement and entertainment is really mind control with the intent of making people docile and obedient to the power structure marry reproduce consume obey basically the ruling class of america are aliens yeah they are free enterprisers from another dimension another world yeah we're their third world we're their cattle yeah and they're recruiting some humans to like help them in this process and they're transmitting a signal from on top of a tv station Mm -hmm that like warps our brains so we can't see that they're aliens they look like regular human beings to us and um basically roddy roddy piper and his buddy frank Mm -hmm. um they put on these sunglasses and they can see the world for what it is yeah they can see the they can see the aliens and they can see through the messaging so they can see that these things that you know the big one is you know you you see uh the big one, the big, the first thing he sees is that computer billboard. It's a, it's a billboard up for like computers, and it just says "Obey" yeah. in huge letters, which which is where Shepard Ferry got the inspiration for his Obey campaign back yeah. in the nineties. Yeah, which I mean, when you see it in the movie, it is just like it's it is it's one of those things where it's like perfect. You know what I mean? It's just like a design as a design. Whoever they got to do all that stuff for the film. Yeah. Man, it looks very, um, it's like a timeless, like the way it looks. Yeah. Cause when they put the sun glasses on, things are in black and white. Right. And, um, John, uh, Carpenter is just an amazing director. Yeah. I'm such a fan of his work from like the OG Halloween, yeah. not that Rob zombie bullshit. <laughs> The Thing, Escape from yeah. New York, Big Trouble in Little China, yeah. You're naming Prince the, of Darkness. You're naming the good ones. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he fell off a lot in the 90s. I mean... Yeah. Um, it's, well, you know, he... John he Carpenter's me. Vampires, that was pretty sick. I got a soft spot for vampire flicks. Yeah. So... That one That one is kind of fun because it's like... it's it's It kind of crosses the line to being like almost like funny and sarcastic they're campy yeah they're very a lot of his movies are very campy yeah well they, especially big trouble in little china yeah I mean, they break they they break the fourth wall they poke fun at themselves yeah um well did you ever see uh, in the mouth of madness no but i heard that's great yeah it's basically a whole movie about how he doesn't like stephen king <laughs> oh really <laughs> well i mean it's more than that but like but basically the 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 plot of that is like there's a there's a there's a writer named sutter kane you know, like Stephen King. Yeah, and uh, he he's basically like exactly like Stephen King, and he uh, he's basically writing all these books, and then when his final book is released, a portal to like hell will be opened. It's a pretty cool movie. It's like that's what's up. Yeah, it's pretty I'll have cool. To watch it. Yeah, I and that's funny because like a lot of his a lot of John Carpenter's movies are like they're about people appearing to be different things. You know what yes. I mean? Like. 
I guess maybe not so much Big Trouble in Little China, but like... Um, well, I think... So Big Trouble, and I've discussed this with my boy Nick Sanzota a lot. Yeah. And I don't know if it was John Carpenter's in, intention, but what I like about that movie is you look at the poster and you see the trailer and you think, okay, it's Kurt Russell and he's going to be this action hero, yeah. blah, blah, blah. But you watch the movie, and he's just this goofy, stupid fucking white man. He, the hero of the movie is actually Wang, the Asian dude. Yeah. That's the hero of the movie. It's not Kurt Kurt Russell at all. Right. And it's, I think that's the best part of that movie. Yeah, I think it shares with They Live. I think it shares the kind of like um, cynicism about America. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's like in... In, in in Big Trouble in Little China, it's like he's John Wayne. I mean, he, yeah, he's, he's doing yeah, he's, he's doing, doing a John Wayne impersonation. Yeah, and he's but he's like the American who, and like we're supposed to like laugh at him. Like yeah. it's inten- like this guy is a is a is a buffoon. Yeah, Jack and, Burton. Yeah, and what's funny about it is like the whole all of the stuff with like the kind of like. Asian mysticism, the Chinese like kung fu, and then there's like dudes coming down with lightning bolts and stuff. Yeah. And it, the funny thing is, is like that's not that's just treated like it just is. Like yeah. they're, they're they're not like they're not like oh no, they're literally just like oh shit yeah. Would that be considered magical realism? I you know in in, in a way where like magic just probably, happens and people are just like oh yeah, it's yeah. Normal. In a funny way, I think it I think it kind of has that element to it where it is just like magic is just a part of their existence i mean it, it, and that i think that's probably because magical realism does have a does tend to be like um there's a lot of it in latin american literature too yes so i, I think there is an element of like uh a, like a like a non-white culture i i don't know i i guess, I guess kind of looking in and not understanding you know what i mean yeah and i think that's sort of the point of i think that's the angle it takes with america on that movie where it's like oh the the mr hero mr john wayne hero is gonna come in and save and like literally in the big fight in the end he's like knocked out because he yeah he gets hit in the head with like a boulder he well yeah and it's because because he shoots at the ceiling (laughs) he thinks he's a badass yeah you know and i think that's what's really funny is like how similar that is to the scene in I mean, not quite similar, but like the idea is similar in where Frank and Roddy Piper are sitting down and talking about how uh, this is the scene in They Live, folks. Yeah, of course. yeah. The scene, yeah. the scene in They Live, uh, where um, Frank, played by Keith David, who is like very underrated actor. Under, I mean, unbelievable. Yeah. He's so good. <clears throat> Every time you see him in any movie, I mean, he's in The Thing too. The he's, Thing. He's he's. He's ATL with TI. He's he's great. Yeah. And and he's his character talks about how he he uh he used to work in a steel mill that got sh- that got shut down and he said the union made all these concessions and then they gave themselves bonuses. The owners gave themselves The owners gave themselves yeah, bonuses, bonuses and stuff like that. And um what you see there what you see there is then Roddy Piper's character is like, oh man, I believe in America. Yeah, where you get Frank America. is like the cynic, and yeah. 
well, Roddy Piper's now. character is still very naive, and even if you hear his backstory, he's like, "Yeah, I'm from Denver. I've I've been yeah running around for six months. They closed fourteen banks, and I lost my job. And he's like homeless, but he's like, yeah, yeah America's great. Yeah, it's almost like he it's almost like he hasn't <clears throat> he hasn't been like hit like." like Frank has, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like Frank has experienced it more fully or something. And it's interesting because he, he's got, he's got, he's got like great quotes in the movie. You yeah. Know? He's got, I, he said, and I wrote it down because I was like, that's, that's great. He said, he said, he talks about, he says, um, everybody follows the golden rule. He who has the gold makes, makes the, the rules. rules. I was yeah. like, I was like, that is such a writer's line, and but it's perfect. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, and what's what's really what's really interesting about it though is that he they kind of both move towards each other as far as how they view the world because Frank at first doesn't want to get involved in stuff. I mean, obviously yeah. there's the huge fight scene. Which is him. I told you I didn't want to be involved. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like he's he's the end of like, fuck it. Everything is fucked and I'm not going to do anything about it. Yeah. And then, you know, so he's on this far end. And then Roddy Piper is on the other end of like, he's he says something to the effect of like, uh, he says, Frank says something. Oh, I got, I, I got to walk this white line all the time. Yeah. And he, and he says another great you know, quote. Yeah. Um, Frank's saying, you know, I'm trying to walk in like, I'm trying to walk this white line right down like the middle of the road. Yeah. You know, blah, blah, blah. And Rowdy Roddy Piper's character says, that's the worst place to drive. Yeah. The middle of the road is the worst like place to drive. You need to, to choose a side. Yeah. So that's the interesting thing is that even though he, even though they, they seem like, it seems like they're sort of like polar opposites, they do have something in each other's kind of philosophies in the beginning that sort of get them to move more toward each other. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> he's Roddy Piper's character ends up coming a little more cynical because he sees what's yeah. going on. But obviously Frank's character also comes towards him by actually design wanting to get involved. Participating. Seeing, yeah. Seeing actually seeing what's behind these things actually seeing the power structures of control up front make them both move towards each other in a way where they both choose to take a side, but with clear eyes rather than being uh, naive, like like Roddy Piper's character is in the beginning, which is which is like really weird because like the movie almost the movie has this sort of like childlike quality to it not in a bad not in a bad way at all in a good way where it's like i mean he's a pro wrestler like he he's kind of like an action hero and he says like he has like he has like weird lines he's like going into the bank and well i think i think like the his wrestling background Mm -hmm. helped him a lot for the movie not just in like in terms of his physique and stuff but his ability to, to improv because that's what a lot of wrestling is yeah when they do like the promos and stuff mm-hmm. and like speaking to what you were saying like the most famous line in the movie is that when he puts on the sun uh puts on the shades and he sees the world for what it is um he's quickly discovered by a group a group group of the aliens and they call the cops who most of them are also aliens yeah 
and he gets into a fight with the cops. He ends up killing the cops. He takes their guns. First place he goes, he walks into a bank, and he's, there's you know there's aliens everywhere. They're behind the counter. They're running the bank, and he walks in full shot shotgun ammo, handgun, and he says. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> and that was an improv line. That was not in the script at all. <laughs> that, and that I, ended uh, up being the most memorable line in the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if there's I don't know what what it is to say about the kind of tone of the movie because like there is that super like it's there's this, like bizarrely it's serious, but it's also campy. Yeah, yeah. Because like, just like the way that like, I mean, there's like flying saucers in it. Yeah, I mean, and it's just it's very bots. it's it's almost like an homage to like these 1950s kind of UFO pulp. Yeah, comics. I mean, yeah, I mean the body and like, snatcher and, and like the yeah, the. The aliens were like intended to look like ghouls. Like John yeah. Carpenter said that. Like I wanted them to look outrageous. Yeah. I also I don't know if this is I don't know if this is a thing or if this was just something to make them look gross. But like, or was it the thing? No. Yeah. <laughs> the um. The aliens, their like skin tones are like red, white, and blue. Oh, that could be that could be some deep hidden. Yeah. Message right there. That's what I was thinking, like maybe, but like, I mean, at the same time, I think that's sort of just like the colors that make them look gross too. Yeah. So maybe that's just a thing. But I do, but I do find it really, really funny that they, they either consciously or subconsciously picked that color for like these aliens that control the world. And I, I, and I like, I like that the movie doesn't. I think it would have been worse if they tried to do it really hard, like sci-fi. Yeah, that's people would not take it seriously anyway, and I think that yeah. was the only way that he could do it is if it was like sort of tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, and I think too, there's he's always had limitations with budget, right? He's always yeah. been somewhat of a low-budget filmmaker, and I think that's partly why a lot of the times he has villains or aliens or monsters or whatever that are like they're people but monsters on the inside yeah that's because that's easy to film right you just get a guy and then Mm -hmm. every once in a while you put on the glasses and there's an alien so you don't need to do a whole lot of it but at the same time i think that it has to be a theme that he that he likes to go back to because a lot of his characters even michael myers is like a shell of a person yeah he's not like a he's not like a whole person he's just like I think isn't is the uh, the psychiatrist says that there's just nothing behind the mask in in, in Halloween. Yeah, he says he says something like that. There's some kind of quote from Donald uh, Pleasance. Yeah, yeah, and it's like those. He, he says something like those dark, lifeless eyes or some some shit like that. Yeah, and that's and that's the the, the thing I find most interesting about they live. This idea that like I don't know that you that ideology or whatever all this like all of these this technology that covers up what the true meaning is behind you know media messaging also covers up people you know what i mean yeah so it's like it's like the ideology doesn't just live in like the writings or the the it's living in the people you know what i mean mm-hmm. which is is different than 
you know, because it's 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 like he's separating, like he's able, to, they're able to like separate like the difference between people following the the system and the people who are part of the system. Do you know? Because it, there's this the scene where he doesn't kill the police officer because he's human. Because he's actually human. Yeah. Right. He's he's like he's actually able to separate the person from the power structure and he, but he still wants to resist the power structure yeah which is which is which is kind of it's kind of an interesting little twist on it you know i think that he's a he's he's such a it's a such a funny character because because of how like he's like this weird mix of like goody two shoes with like badass <laughs> like, oh yeah he, he he's sort of like he's sort of got these elements of like clint eastwood in like westerns and like i don't know like a like a he, like a uh, jimmy stewart and mr smith goes to washington yeah i i you know what that's almost perfect for what he is you know yeah. what i mean that's that's really it's really really and you know what the most ironic thing about all of this is he he was canadian oh no was kidding it? yeah he wasn't even american wow I, I I guess I had to even I don't know I don't know how Canadians feel about their relationship to the United States. I mean I, I I don't know if I know I know there's been a lot said about how the United States has sort of infected every country. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. There's a lot of uh, it, it's not just regular imperialism. It's economic imperialism. Yeah. Cultural imperialism. Yeah. Which I would say is probably the biggest way that we assert our dominance over the rest of the world yeah there's that Bo- david bowie's last hit well he that's alive. that's that's your cousin right <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he yeah he uh he's my he's my he was he was my cousin yeah. uh no <laughs> are, you, are you talking about the song i'm afraid of america yeah. that's like that's that's like that's like literally what that song is about he i think he said he was in like Taiwan and he saw a McDonald's being opened up and he was like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know, he, you know, like he, he was like deeply disturbed by the idea of just like American culture, just overrunning the entire yeah. planet. Um, you ever heard of the Scottish punk band, the exploited? No, I haven't. Oh, uh, they've, they're from like the eighties, but mm-hmm. they have a song called fuck the uh, USA. And it's yeah. really good. I think you'd like it. <laughs> that sounds great. It's a very catchy tune. You know who that reminds me of in a different angle is uh, the Proclaimers. They did uh, I'll Rock I Rock. would walk 500 <laughs> miles. Yeah. Wait, how does that remind you of them? Just because they're Scottish? Uh, well, they're vehemently Scottish. They're like, oh, really? they're like, yeah, they're basically they're like, like William Wallace. Like, well, fucking... they're, they're, they're basically like they have several songs that are like, hey, fuck you. I'm going to sing in my Scottish accent. Oh, yeah. That are like, like really like, hey, I'm Scottish and, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be what you want me to be kind of stuff. Yeah. And that was a lot of their like stuff. They, a lot of their stuff before they got famous and they weren't famous for very long anyway. Yeah. Cause there's that song was on like the Benny and June sound soundtrack. Yeah. And then it got a little revival with that. How I met your mother show. Yeah. The show fucking sucks. <laughs> Song is good though. It's a cool song. I like I like those guys. I fuck with it, I guess. Yeah. So are they like politically like they want to like separate from the UK or yeah, they're just like, know. "Oh, we're Scottish. We really I don't really I'm proud to be Scottish." 
I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're. Uh, I don't know if they're for separation from the United Kingdom. I mean, I guess I would guess they are, but I have no idea. Yeah. I don't know much about that. I would just say at this point, you're probably stronger banding together. And we'll you're yeah. seeing how Brexit's going, and it's really not well, going well. So yeah, that was one of the things with Brexit that they were really that really kind of screwed up the country was that Brexit was England wanted to leave the EU, Northern Ireland and uh, Scotland and, and Scotland Wales. And, and like, Wales. What the fuck's going on? They're like they 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 <laughs> all pretty much voted to stay in the EU, yeah. pretty overwhelmingly. So it was like you know yeah, and I know one Scotland. of the were digressing a little bit but it's fine i really like what we're doing but i know one of the concerns and i think that since been alleviated was they were concerned about a hard border returning from northern ireland and the republic of ireland oh right because if they're you know technically not a part of the eu anymore right is there going to be barbed wire fences and is it going to be return of the troubles and is that shit going to start up again but i think they've Quelch that. Yeah, I think. I. I mean, I. I don't know much politics. about that. I don't want to. I don't even want to get. Yeah, into that. I don't want to touch that with a ten foot pole. Yeah, I was about to say like Irish yeah. politics are. I just heard something on wrong. NPR about it, so that's it. <laughs> well, no, yeah, I, 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 I agree. I, I don't. It's a very twisted subject. And it's very hard to. If you're not in it, you don't. It's it's hard yeah. to understand. I mean, but that's the thing. Like. It was, it was, I mean, geez, it was only, it wasn't that long ago all that shit was going on. 98, down. I think, is when the, the, like, the peace treaty, like, all that shit was going on. Because like, like, there was a lot of movies in, like, the 90s, because that was the mm-hmm. big thing going on. It was, like, the troubles and all the bombings and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and what, what, it, it sort of reminds me, if I can bring it back. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> bringing it back to They Live, folks. Well, that... They Live is clearly inspired by 80s Reaganomics and all that stuff. But it also has a quality of it that it doesn't just fit that. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it isn't just like, oh, well, this is very clearly like a Ronald Reagan indictment. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, it's not a, just a product of its time. It, yeah. it, I mean, it's even, you could argue like John Carpenter tried to warn us to like what we have today. You know, what yeah. we have today is even worse than it was back then. Yeah, I I mean, I think that as far as income inequality, that's absolutely true. And I think as far as... And just, like, the fact, too, like, how, like, stupid and willfully ignorant a lot of people are. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking of, like, the character of the... I'm just going to call him the bum. Um, he doesn't have... Yeah, he doesn't have a name. I, th- I don't remember what... I think his name is Drifter? Something I think he's like credited that. as Drifter. Yeah, but he's basically this, you know, so... Buck Flower. Oh, okay. So that's his... That's his real name. That's real the name? Guy, that's the actor's name, So he's, he's he's basically a guy that kind of when this, you know, group is hacking into, like, the TV airwaves to warn people about, like, the aliens and all that stuff, he's like, blow it out your ass. This is some bullshit. Like, yeah. Just wants to get back to watching TV. And then, you know, when all the shit goes down... He ends up selling out and joining up with like the aliens. And I think that's like a metaphor for like Trumpers and like the right wing and like poor white people. Yeah. That like constantly argue against their own self interests. Absolutely. Like people are trying to help you and you're you're just saying, Blow it out your ass. I'm gonna fucking drink a fifth of gin. Yeah. Well it, it, and I I like I really like that character because 
Yeah. He has he 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 says things that are are somewhat logical. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's like, hey man. What's wrong with having it good for a change, boys? Yeah. People sell out every day. Yeah. Yeah. He says people sell out every day. I just want to be on the winning team. Yeah. You know? Like he he says stuff that but sort of like like sort yeah. of makes sense. But like, there's but, still so I, I still think my Trumper analogy holds oh, true because sure. they they make it a point in the movie to say that like these aliens are here to deplete the planet of its resources, yeah. basically like killing everyone, and then they're going to move on to the next planet. So like, okay, you're going to have it good, or you're going to think you're going to have it good for 10 years or however long it takes them to deplete the planet, mm-hmm. and then you're going to be dead. Well, and, and, and it's also these characters taking a stand to say, it's not just about our current economic status. It's not yeah. just about us being told, you know, oh, well, you know, we'll control you, but we'll make it good for you. if you Your net you. worth just went up 250% yeah. last quarter. <laughs> yeah, something like, I can't remember what he says, the yeah. guy at the, at the, the, the end of the movie is kind of one of those things where it's like, I don't think they had a very strong idea for how they were going to end it. Because I think they... I still love the movie. Oh, yeah. It's a very strong setup, but the end is kind of... Yeah, I would... would A little rushed. Yeah, I would say say it's just like... I would say it's... It it did seem like there was some editing going on where they were like, okay, we got to get this thing... hour and a half so let's cut some yeah which is good like yeah it's 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 a tight movie it goes yeah you know it's just the only my only real criticism of it is just like that last maybe 20 minutes probably less probably like 15 yeah it it does sort of get to the point where you're like where you're like oh they don't know how to end they don't know where to go you know what i mean i think the movie could have used maybe like just 10 more minutes of just like Set, setting up a little bit of a better climax, even though that last shot of Roddy Piper flipping off the yeah. fucking helicopter is fuck sick. it, <laughs> yeah, but he shoots it and just says fuck it, amazing. So, what would you do? Would you sell out? Uh, no, I don't think I would. I mean, I. It's hard to say though, man. I've said this a lot, before and, that, and that's why I like his character. You know, what I mean, so I like, like his character as I, like. He was in love hey, with that woman. That he's would not you, uh, just played would off. Would you have like sold out for the woman you love? Completely would I have sold terrible. out. Yeah, I, no, I, I mean, I mean, obviously he's so kind of treated like a piece of. I don't villain. think so. But he's oh, okay. Yeah. So your example is kind of different. Like, well, hey, man, I don't know. I mean, I've been I've been getting fucked it's, over. It's all real. This time. It's it's hard like, to say because I think a nice life. Sometimes you know, like easy to. For me, yeah, to say you can sympathize with him. Yeah, yeah, he's a lot more sympathetic. than most. yeah. It would. I mean. I would hope I wouldn't then, like you know. You know people, I think if there the were aliens, maybe you know I wouldn't who have. Who you basically don't see it all. Or it's definitely like one of those things. Where so like, or the aliens, aliens talking you don't big feel, game. You know, you don't feel any sympathy for the aliens. Yeah, he just, that's, he a, just that's the thing too them. about it. There's not like a head like alien guy. No, there isn't. They're, they're just kind of this like amorphous, kind of ominous, yeah. ubiquitous thing. Well, and that, that's that's really cool. I, I think that's a really cool and smart decision. Because I'm sure he, I'm sure like some studio executive told him, well, you need to have a big villain. You yeah. know what I mean? And like, really, the big villain is the police. Right? Yeah. Because like, yeah, I was hoping we would who, get into that. Yeah. Like who they are, the, the ones who come the militarization of the police. Yeah. 
Yeah. They're the ones who come in and do all the shit that like the bidding. Yeah. They're they're And what I like about them too, is that like, they kind of work as like this single unit. Yeah. And I think that was intentional too. Yeah. For, yeah. And what I, I liked visually about them was that the, they had riot shields on their face. Yeah. And you could hardly, you almost could never see their faces. You only see the face of like three of them, right? You see, yeah. you see two of the ones that are aliens, and then you see one who's a human. Other than that, whenever you see, whenever you see uh, police, they're always pretty much covered. Their faces like blocked out. Yeah. you can't really see their face, and it, it may, and and it, and it gives them this quality of like they're almost. It's like an ominous force yeah and what and you do realize throughout the movie that it's like not all of them are aliens they're just doing what they're told you know what i mean they're just doing they're just doing the bidding of whomever tells them what to do yeah but i don't i don't i i know what you're saying but i don't buy that excuse like oh Oh, i'm just doing my job i'm not i'm not saying it's an excuse i'm saying it's a good replication i'm just uh wiping out this homeless encampment you know beating the shit out of these people yeah exactly Like, and that's and that's what I really like is like is is that it doesn't I, I wouldn't say it's like letting him get away with it. I'm saying more I'm saying more like that it's it's in its own cartoony kind of way, it's a good reflection yeah. of how these things Some of them are a quote unquote normal people. Right. And it's like, like they go home and they see their kids and they pet their dog and yeah. <laughs> You know, hey, honey, how was work today? Oh, it was it was great. Yeah, yeah, and that's a that's a really that's a really like poignant idea to 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 put out there because I mean, it, I mean, only a couple of years later, it's got you got the Rodney King incident, and obviously, police violence against racial minorities has always existed. Yeah, I mean, but they didn't know. have video cameras back then. Yeah, for sure. So those things kind of you know those things kind of come together to create this like this idea that the police are a much uh, are the uh, i wouldn't i wouldn't say the enemy right i mean because well i mean in the movie they basically are yeah they basically are the villain and the enemy but they're not they're not the villain and the enemy simply because they're the police they're the villain and the enemy because they're doing the, the bidding of the ruling class. Yes, exactly. They, they're in, infected with it and doing what they're told, which ends up being things like bulldozing homeless encampments and beating up, you know, beating up a blind old man who never comes back. He's, well, I think it's assumed that like the scientist guy and like the preacher, I'm, it's assumed that they're uh, murdered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You never see him again. You, you know, you, you like you said, you assume that they just got beaten to death in that back alley, and I like that scene, in a sense where Roddy Piper's character kind of passes by him and he sees them getting hit, and I don't know if I don't know if he chooses because he hasn't seen what's going on yet, because a lot of that. Well, I think there's nothing he could have done. I mean, there was like a dozen cops, like yeah. like what's he gonna do? Yeah, you know, then there would have been three dead people instead of two. Sure. I mean, but have you seen his shoulders, man? That guy's yo. Yeah, he's pretty fucking jacked. <laughs> he's big in this fucking movie, dude. He's huge. Um, but I think, too, like what we were talking about, like the militarization of the police, like which is what John Carpenter was trying to like warn us about. 
It's think like, so. and you look at the cops in that movie, they have like their little six shooters and like maybe they have a rifle to yeah. like the way cops are now yeah. with like fucking tanks yeah. and like AR 15. Yeah. And they got the tactical gear. It's wild. Like it's fucking it's, crazy. It, it, it's, it's, it is sort of wild how they, how they show the cops as like this like militaristic force. And even in that movie, he didn't, Make them as militarized. He didn't, he didn't as go can. far enough. I don't. Yeah. Think. Oh yeah, yeah. And I don't think he could have imagined imagined at the time anyway yeah. what what that kind of thing would be, which is kind of stunning because like they do they're brutal man. They like yeah. that scene where they go in through the freaking they just bash in through the front door that uh, of their like so hideout. the so the uh, f- freedom fighters I'm gonna call them are having sure. an underground meeting you know how they're gonna take on the aliens and so the cops just like bust in and it's not even like i wouldn't even this is like a slaughter and i oh, think yeah. that was a point too that it's Jack, a massacre it was a massacre and it's just they're just fight, opening fire on all the people yep killing them it's a very powerful scene yeah and i think it's it's interesting because it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like the aliens at the moment had any desire to just it wasn't like they wanted to wipe out humanity. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was like they wanted to they wanted to well, use us for their own devices. No. Maybe eventually kill it's us. Not, but no, no. It, they see us and they use it in the movie. They see us as um cattle. Livestock. Yeah. Like people aren't like, yeah, let's kill all the fucking cows, but we're gonna use them all and sure. we're not gonna care if they die. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but I, and I and I think that's what's interesting about it is they they clearly have more value to us. They, they, we clearly had humans had more value to the aliens as obedient workers for them. But than, I think, but also too, I don't know about that either because they even say in the movie they're like, by the year twenty thirty or whatever, <laughs> we're gonna have complete control of the planet. So it's like once yeah. they have control of the planet, they're not gonna need the humans anymore. Yeah. They just want the resources of the planet. Yeah. So I think that's why. They like quote unquote needed people was mm-hmm. to like take the reins. Yeah. And then once they had the reins, they don't need us anymore. Yeah. No, I think that's I think that's definitely Which the is case. what like the capitalists do to us anyway, like the sure. moron musks and the Jeff Bozos of the world. Yeah. You know, if they had their they they wouldn't have, they would have robots do all the work. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And and I think I think that's I think that's right. I think their end game is that I think what I was more saying is like at the at at the moment in the movie they're not necessarily at that point yeah. where they still need they still need people to just be obedient and do what they're told to advance their agenda. Yeah. And what's interesting is that I mean I think partly because it makes the movie a little more streamlined and simple the aliens they just go in there and they kill everybody. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like and they but it's it's almost like they understand that once these people have seen what's going on, you can't undo it. Right. Once they're conscious, they can't. You can't undo what's what's been done, which does also lend to lend my lend a little bit of credence to my idea that the um, <clears throat> that the lady led all those cops to the place. Oh yeah. You know, like I'm pretty sure that's because in the no, end, she definitely did. Yeah. I mean. Like, who knows? She could have been in on it the whole time. Yeah. But when, like, 
Roddy Roddy Piper kidnaps her and she pushes him out the window. Mm-hmm. There's a scene right after where she's on the phone with someone. She's like, oh, don't worry, I'm fine. Yeah. And yeah. then, who knows? Like, she could have called, like, let's assume she didn't know what was going on. Because mm-hmm. she worked at the TV station where the aliens were broadcasting the signal. Right. So she calls the cops. They show up. She tells them, oh, he had this crazy story about these sunglasses and he could see aliens. And they're like, wait, hold on a minute. You stumbled onto something and maybe we can make it work for the both of us. Yeah. And then that's when they recruited her. Yeah. And then when she showed up at the meeting, look, I think that's when she was like, yo, like she was like a double agent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. You know why? It, it is a little more obvious now that you say it. Because she says that they're not broadcasting from a television station, but they are. Yeah. You know what I mean? So well, she was clearly trying, she must've been trying to like throw them off the scent or something like that. No, because some, so she worked for like cable 54. Mm-hmm. And when they went to the meeting of like the freedom fighters that we call them, they had some kid there. And they're like, Oh, this is Danny. And he works at KRLA. And he oh. thinks the signal might be coming from there. She's like, no, that station's clear. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I got, I got my, I got my, uh, but I do think she was a mole at that point. Yeah. And like, she just so happens to show up at the end. Like mm-hmm. they're fucking, they're about to take over the TV station and like they're killing. And she just shows up. She's like, Oh, Hey, what's going on guys? Yeah. And then, you know, off uh, <clears throat> Frank. Off yeah, Frank. Yeah. Frank, are you clear? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that was, that was good. Come inside with me. <laughs> the, I, I do think, I do think if you were to, if I were to make any, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's like, it's like, what can you change? Cause like the movie is like so good, but like, I do feel like that whole idea of like somebody infiltrating what it could have been like, it could have been like a little more, you could have had it play out a little bit, just a little longer. And that way, like, oh, she comes in and she does stuff. Like maybe she fucks with the contact lenses or glasses or something like that and, or something you know that that made him that may have given the direct end of the movie a little yeah. better direction. I don't know. I just like the cut cut and dry fucking yeah, and ending. that's yeah, and that's what I mean. Like that's what I was saying. Where I was like, I don't know how you would change it because like the it, it moves towards that ending. It just feels a little bit like it just kind of goes. It just stops. But also like I think that adds to like there's almost like a dream like quality yeah. to the movie, and I feel like that's that's sort of how. It's sort of how it feels like it, it, it. The ending kind of gives that vibe of like, oh, he's like he's waking up out of the dream. You know? Yeah, <laughs> I do think the ending like it's it's a very cynical end because like Roddy Roddy Piper dies, but he destroys the antenna and people can see what the aliens look like. Yeah, and but I do think that John Carpenter was very naive in assuming that if people could see that they were aliens, they would automatically wake up and like fight against them. I right. don't think that's true at all. Yeah. Especially like, and to tie it back to what I've seen with like Trump and all these people, like mm-hmm. they take the mask off. You see who they are. Yeah. You know, and they're still like all about it well, and they don't care. And they know like they've had people like Bernie Sanders screaming from the rooftops about what's going on. And people just don't fucking yeah. care. I, I do. I will say though, the ending doesn't show what happens after they're revealed. It just shows them being revealed. Yeah. And I mean, people, people, people are, are shocked. Like, people yeah. are like, what the fuck? But like, you don't really see any, like, you don't see like, you know, 
five years later and everything's yeah. a utopia or anything like that, you know? Because I think it is supposed to be sort of fable-like and dream-like where it's like... Yeah. Where well, it's, it's, like, it's very, like, a lot of, like, the, um... A lot of John Carpenter's movies are very cynical. Like, the endings are yeah. very cynical. I mean, I, th- I mean, when you think... <clears throat> I think The Thing is possibly the most cynical yeah. ending. <laughs> like, you have The Thing, Escape from New York, Prince of Darkness. Like, they're still... Yeah. Like, they're not happy endings. Well, there's also the infamous Escape from L.A. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you ever see that? <laughs> oh, yeah. But that's kind of the same ending as... Oh, um, it's it's, cynic, it's cynical. It's, 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 it's the same ending as it's Escape a, from uh, New York. Yeah. But that movie is, like... So, it's, like... If I just, like, watch that movie, Escape from L.A., mm-hmm. like, uh... You know, it's all right. But if you tie that in with like my love of John Carpenter, yeah, and Escape from New York and Pam Greer, oh my god. Mm. So what about Ghosts of Mars? <laughs> uh, I've never seen it. I heard it's really bad. It, yeah, it um, is. But Ice it's just Cube like, and Pam Greer. So Pam Greer is in it. She is. I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah, she's. It sucks because like she's not like the lead chick. Which she should be. Yeah. I mean, if you've got Pam Greer, you throw her in the fucking star. She's uh, Foxy Brown, Fox, yep. Coffee. I yeah. mean, I mean she have you seen those films. movies? I've, I haven't seen Coffee. I've seen Foxy Brown. Uh, she was not to be confused of... with Jackie Brown. Right. Right. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Even though that's I'm... still that's still a good movie. But oh, yeah. 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 It's a good movie. But yeah. I'm not sure if it's it's either. I think it's Coffee. Where she cat where she castrates a dude in the end. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's Foxy Brown or Coffee. I get those ones mixed up. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't really remember that specific scene, so it must be the one I haven't yeah. seen, but I'm not sure. Cause uh, she's I mean, a lot of those I've seen a lot of uh other like black exploitation sort of yeah. films from that era, which uh um Ah oh, man, I I I really like. Uh, you ever seen Petey Wheatstraw? No. Oh my god, what a what a what a wild ass movie. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, have to check it out. Yeah, check out Petey Wheatstraw, The Devil's Son-in-Law. Okay, is the name of the movie. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah, I've seen uh, like Dolomite, Black yes. Caesar, yeah. Dol- Dol- the, the Mac. Guy. Yeah, it's the same guy from Dolomite. Uh, he's a uh, what's what the fuck's his Rudy name? Ray Moore. Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy yeah. Ray Moore. Oh yeah. my god, yeah. He has he has one of my favorite lines. Uh, I can't remember. Is it is it from Dolomite? It might be from that. I think it might be from one of the Dolomite movies or whatever. Yeah. Where uh, he's like he gets caught in bed with a white chick, and the white chick is like, "Oh, he, he was he was trying to rape me," and, she, and he goes, "Bitch, are you for real?" <laughs> I was like, "Fuck yeah, this is the best shit ever." He was fucking amazing, Rudy Ray Moore. Yeah, he was sick. Yeah. Um, we digress again. You can be talking about Pam Greer. I could just go on forever. Well, no, but. I, I, but I do think I, I actually do think that the that there is an element of I think the movie tries to avoid too much racial overtones. It's, for but they it live. Is, for they live. Yeah, they live tries to tries well, to make it as universal as possible. But, but it's still like in John Carpenter for his time and still to to now he made very diverse movies. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. they were very politically conscious movies. Yeah, absolutely. And um I will get I will get to my point, but just one of his original movies Assault on Precinct 13, not to be yeah. confused with the remake which is still good, but the Assault on Precinct 13 
why that was such a subversive and groundbreaking movie was because it came out, I think, 76. Something like that. And yeah. the hero was a black guy. Yeah. And that really hadn't been seen. Yeah. Maybe you had Night of the Living Dead. Right. Which that movie is very, it's very similar. <clears throat> yeah. But <laughs> so, but I do think in They Live, like the racial things are there, it's, but it's a little more subtle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're, they're, they're pretty subtle. I because mean, like, so when he goes to like the homeless village, it's very diverse. Yeah. The freedom fighters are very diverse. Mm-hmm. And with the aliens and stuff, they're all white. There's not a black yeah. alien. Yeah, I think yeah. And there's not a black gonna... person that's collaborating with the aliens. Right. Ever. Yeah, I guess I guess I hadn't I hadn't really So it's like he's not that. like shoving it down your throat. Sure. But he's like saying he's just showing by example. Like look at this diverse group of humans. Yeah. You know. I, that is one of the things And that especially I... for the time, I think, the character yeah. of Frank where oh, he's yeah. not just a sidekick. I would say mm-hmm. he's equal to Roddy Roddy Piper in terms of like screen time and oh, like yeah, dialogue sure. and mm-hmm. intelligence. He's not just like the like, hey, what's up, man? Yeah. Kind of sidekick. Yes. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he's his own person. You know mm-hmm. his background, like his family. Yeah. Yeah. He's I, like I, a wealth developed character. Yeah. And he, and he, what I like about him is not just that he's he's not a he's and not Frank, a trope. And for you know? people who haven't seen the movie, Frank Frank is black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's played by Keith by David. Keith, Keith David. Yeah. Who who's in a lot of John Carpenter's stuff and, yeah. and a lot and a lot of different stuff. He's got like the best voice yeah. of all time. He has a really cool sounding voice. He does. And what what I like what I really like about the character of Frank is that he is not just he's not one note like a lot of kind of like minority sidekick characters, how they were written back then. Well, yeah. yeah, And even, but even even now, even, yeah, yeah. like it's not just that he's not a stereotype because he isn't. Yeah. It's not just that it's that he's not even like one dimensional. He's not just like, Oh, well I'm a family man. You know what I mean? Like there's character development throughout the film. Yeah. He's like, not just with him too, but with, Roddy Roddy Piper too. Like they're both kind of yeah. Like what you're saying, they're both kind of meeting in the middle. I would say yeah, and, and they're but they're both <clears throat> like like he's like he's real bitter but also kind. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he's like he's had dirt kicked in his face and he's fucking pissed about it, but he also empathizes with others. He wants to help people. Yeah, exactly. So like he's he has an internal struggle. On top of the fact that he has an external struggle being put on him, and he de- it, it develops in a way where it's real for the you know for the fiction of the movie about aliens and shit, you know? yeah. it's real to that. So I, I that's what I I really like his character in particular. It's almost like he's more of what the movie's about because like Roddy Piper's character sort of. He he changes, but he doesn't. He's he's sort of like the hero the whole way through. You know what I mean? Because even from the beginning, like he's noticing things. He sees that shit's going on in the church. At the he church, sees, yeah. You know he's 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 
he's got his binoculars and he's checking everything. Yeah, out. whereas like Frank's telling him like shut up, like they're helping us out, yeah. they're giving us meals and showers and a place yeah. to live. Like don't fuck this we're up. We're working, us. I have a job, I'm trying to support my family. Like don't yeah. fuck this up. And that and that culminates <clears throat> in one of the best fight scenes, fight scenes movie just, history. Just 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 brawling scenes. Straight <laughs> ass whooping for like six minutes. <laughs> it's longer than six, dude. I think it's like ten. It's long. Yeah. And it what it's so funny because like there's like apparently what they apparently nobody in the on the film really knew that. they really didn't know much fight choreography yeah so they were like you're a wrestler what should we do and he's like all right let's fucking power bomb each other <laughs> yeah a lot less of that than i thought there'd yeah. be uh you know because you, you, you remember like oh the scenes where like roddy piper like pushes off against the wall and like yeah you know, does all that kind of like he does some of the wrestling shit but really a lot of it is just fucking brutal yeah like like street fight scrappy shit yeah it's like, not like a uh, taken kind of new school no action movie where there's like these fast movements it's like it's punch two, it's two kick, buff guys crack. punching the shit out yeah. of each other and like they're down in the gutter like they're getting dirty yeah oh my um, god and just like the dialogue of it and mm-hmm. like, like like there's even like humor in the fight too Oh my god, more than more than once, man. Yeah. You dirty motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he tried to it's funny, he tries to kick him in the nuts, calls him a dirty motherfucker, and then later in the same fight, he just starts like kneeing him in the blasted him really bad in the groin. It's unbelievable. <clears throat> and what I like about that scene in particular, I mean obviously the fight is just is just epic and it, yeah. it plays out perfectly. But the setup to the fight is, you know, Put on the glasses. He just wants him to put on the shades. Put on and the glasses. Frank, Frank won't do it. Yeah, he won't. He won't do it. He doesn't want to put on the sunglasses. Again, it's set up in his character. He doesn't want to rock the boat. Yeah. I think he kind of intrinsically knows something's up. Yeah. He he, he doesn't know what at the moment, but I think he knows something is going on. But he doesn't want to see it. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to get involved, you know what yeah. I mean? And but when he's forced to, when he's when he finally is physically I'm gonna give to, you two choices. <laughs> yeah. Either put on these glasses or start eating that trash can. <laughs> what an amazing line. What and and what's <clears throat> it, it's it's a really weirdly I mean, I hate, it's so funny to say this about a movie like that, but it is a weirdly philosophical, like, movie in a way that, like, you wouldn't expect from something that is so campy and yeah. over the top. I mean, obviously, it kind of wears its heart on its sleeve, which I really like. I like that. Yeah. Like, I think that there's there's a way, there's a way of being unsubtle that allows you to be subtle as well you know what i mean yeah where it's like yeah the the text of this movie is pretty obviously like yo there's a ruling class and then there's the lower class and the ruling class fucks over the lower class in order to get profit Mm -hmm. and you know that's not a hidden message you know what i mean but a lot of the but a lot of the little things add to it being a much more nuanced metaphor than just like it's not just like the teenager who listened to Rage Against the Machine and is like, man, fuck that. You and know, then became a yuppie. Yeah, anyway. yeah, exactly. It doesn't fall into the trap of being just like another version of consumerism where it's just like, you know, 
consumer punk attitude. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, I don't do good with like subtleties. I'm very sure. like ham fisted in how <laughs> I do things and say oh. things. So yeah, but you know I, where I'm yeah. coming from. Yeah, but I think that's there's I no ulterior motive with me. You know the motive. Like I, yeah, you know. yeah, but and it's not even just like about ulterior motives. I think <clears> it's just like there's something. It's such a great movie going experience to just have it say, "Okay, here's what we're about." <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Not a lot of like. I mean, but then you you sort of do have that because I actually was thinking about it in comparison to like David Lynch movies, which in a way are like the polar opposite of that. Oh, yeah, there's no point to those at all. Well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. but a lot, but there's weirdly similar themes that that crop up between like John secrets and like. Well, yeah, it's also like there's also like this element. A lot of David Lynch's movies are about the kind of veneer of. The middle class suburban yeah, lifestyle, like the seedy underbelly of the suburbs. Yeah, and that's and I mean that's like his main mo. Mo, yeah. yeah. And uh, he, you have a similar vibe with 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 they live, which is a, I mean they literally are like oh the middle class. It's like there's a very similar. They're dismantling there. the sleeping middle class. <laughs> yeah, I love that. There is a that's so. Uh, what's funny is like the movie is like s- kind of hilarious too. I don't know how like he, I don't know how he did such a. That's a like as a person. That's the only way you could do it. Yeah, it's like because then it becomes like an essay and it's just boring. Like people don't yeah. want to hear that. People want to hear it in like a funny package. Yeah, where it's just like oh, there's these aliens and it's over the top violence. Yeah. You know, if he tried to make it a serious movie, no one would. No one would take it seriously. Yeah, but it's 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 so it's so. I don't know. It's such a like. It's such an oddity of a movie. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like the same concept. I mean, you know, there's similar concepts with body snatcher kind of stuff. Usually, that's like. But that was like a. Like an anti-communist movie. Yeah, yeah. About I mean, but that's but it's what's funny about it is like they live sort of like flips it on its head. Yeah. Whereas like in those days, the body snatcher flicks were about communists could have been the guy next door. Yeah. You know what I mean? And this one is like the capitalists. Yeah. The the like ultra capitalists are the ones. Are yeah. The ones doing like it. the fascist could be the person next. Yeah. Door. Yeah, the the people the the people trying to bilk you out of cash, you know, are are the are the aliens underneath, not mm-hmm. the not the dude, not the communists. You know what I mean? The you, alleged. Well, and you 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 see, you see that too with communist. Uh, he says that in um. The kind of leader of the freedom fighters says that the cops the cops they're just oh the oh they're telling the they're telling the human cops that we're, we're just a bunch the, of commies. Yeah, we're a bunch of commies. <laughs> it's like it's like. It's funny how, I mean, you know, they were remaking, I mean, they're still remaking Invasion, like literally the movie Invasion of the Body Snatchers, they remake that like every decade or so. But there was a, there was a remake like in the late seventies before, Mm -hmm. before this came out. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was that long ago that people were still like, oh, the commies could be anybody, you know? Yeah. So it's fascinating to see a movie that is sort of like eh, fuck that <laughs> you know yeah. i mean obviously by 88 i think people were a little bit less keen to be like that but you know it wasn't even that it was I don't know, when was uh what was it red dawn 
Yeah, it was like 84. Yeah, something like that. So it's like, it's like you know, wasn't that, it wasn't so long before that the commie was still. Yeah, but that was all like, so like the Soviet Union, like they were on their way out in the late 70s and Afghanistan kind of um, expedited that process. Yeah. And then like scumbags like Reagan are like, well, I can score political points by trying to be tough. I can like essentially like. Like Reagan and conservatives taking credit for the downfall of the Soviet Union is like, yeah. You see a man on the street who's like suffocating or bleeding to death, and like you like hold his mouth and his nose so he can't breathe, and then you say that uh, you killed him. Yeah, the old Tony Soprano. Yeah, Tony Soprano with Christopher. <laughs> yeah. It's the same shit, and it's like they bankrupted us by doing that, like spending all that money. Yeah. Inflated the military. Uh, they caused 9-11 because they funded yeah. the terrorists that fucking blew up the World Trade Center. Yeah. Um, they fucked us. Yeah. And it was all so they could score political points and win elections and to get contracts for their defense contractor buddies. Yeah. That's that's a what, what that's my hot take on the downfall of the Soviet Union folks. Yeah. They were they they already they they did it to themselves. We had nothing to do with it. Yeah, I, I think <clears throat> what you what you do see with how Reagan acted during the, especially his first term. Uh They're an evil empire. Yeah. He he, he they the the that really actually inflamed it, uh, oh, yeah. shit with the Soviet Union to the point of um there was, I can't remember, I think it was 19, it might have been 1984 or something like that, uh, or 83. The um, the Soviets had this like new missile defense system that was like intended to detect nuclear launch from the United States. And it was satellite based. And uh, one of those, one of those stations that was like, you know, monitoring the satellites started getting like it was like lighting up like it was lighting up saying that the United States had sent a missile to the to the Soviet Union. So it was like the movie War Games with Matthew Broderick. A Broder. little bit, a little bit. And what ended up so what really was going on was that the Soviet satellite wasn't calibrated at all. So it basically was just detecting sunrise and it thought <laughs> it was a nuclear launch. The sun's rising. Yeah, exactly. So but he, this, the commander of that station, and I wish I could remember his name, but I'm bad with Russian names, obviously. The, um, he, he was, he was basically like, he was, he, he was basically being told that he had to launch. And he said no. He said no. And just that one guy saying no was the only reason they didn't launch nukes. Damn, son. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. And, uh, and, what was fascinating about it is it got back to Reagan and like he was actually he was legitimately like, holy, oh, oh shit, maybe I shouldn't be such a moron. Oh shit. I was just trying to make money for my buddies. Yeah. But, uh, this uh, this has some real life con- consequences to this bullshit. Yeah. Because because what was what was It's morning in America again. Because <laughs> what was I fucking hate that dude so oh, much. Oh my god. Man, yeah. if it, 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 you know, the only thing I hope is that if if I die and I was I'm wrong and you know God and Jesus and everyone they're all real and hell I'm going to hell 
my only my only consolation is that I'll be able to go and beat the shit out of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I was like, man, what a what a horrible fucking. There you go again, James. <laughs> and that was some bullshit. Like, like, oh, he really got him there. Like, that yeah. was not a good diss at all. Yeah, that sucked. Well, that's that's one thing that I feel like about. Like he was yeah. like your old grandfather that told you what you wanted to hear and gave you like a Werther's original candy. Yeah. That's what he was. <laughs> you know what's funny is like he, he was widely panned as well, not panned. He should have like, died in prison from yeah. Iran Contra. Yeah, he does. This motherfucker should've. was illegally selling guns or weapons to Iran mm-hmm. and funneling the money illegally to the Contras who fucking sold crack cocaine. Yeah, allegedly, and, and the dude who was like, who is literally doing that, is now a Fox News commentator. Oliver North. Yeah, and he's he even said he's like, I would do it again. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's like, it's like you're a fucking scumbag. Yeah, dude. yeah. And then and and then in the same breath, he'll be talking about how Iran is terrible. It's yeah, like, like you sold them the fucking. You got we got the receipts, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, he got the receipts. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's got his little yeah. checkbook. And Reagan granted. Um, Amnesty, for lack of a better term, to mm-hmm. undocumented immigrants. Sure. And, they, and Republicans fucking love him. Yeah. Uh, when the Marine barracks in Beirut were bombed, he just pulled all the troops out. Republicans yeah. fucking love him. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's no consistency in there in what they believe to begin with. Yeah. So it's like, oh well, he was he's the most popular Republican president of our time, so he's our hero. Period. Yeah. Like because he was popular. It doesn't matter any because he told people know, what they wanted to hear. Because nobody they, nobody talks about someone like Barry Goldwater. Yeah. Which, Let's nuke Vietnam. <laughs> well, the thing is I don't want the Civil Rights Act. <laughs> well, but the thing is, Barry Goldwater really is the kind of the beginning of the modern conservative, right? So like if you're gonna if, if anyone's gonna be the hero, it should be him. But like, well, but Ronald Reagan was the popular guy. Ronald Reagan won. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So But Barry, in your heart, he knew he was right. <laughs> yeah. The uh who who doesn't it, I don't know, man. I, I get so fucking tired of trying to get people who don't want to think about anything to like listen. You know, oh yeah, it it gets it gets it's it's just it's just getting so tiring. You want it's like it's like because what we want is good for them. Do you know what I mean? It's like oh, except for the ultra wealthy people. Yeah. But like what we want, but they'd is, still be wealthy. You'd still have rich people. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's. I think what troubles people is they don't. It's hard to. It's part of it's partly a language thing because people will be like, well, we don't have we won't have private property. It's like, no, you'll have a you, you'll have personal property. You'll have you can have houses. You can have a business. Not, that's not what socialism is about. It's not about nobody. Or at owns least a our at least our version of it. Oh, sure. I mean, yeah. there is as as many socialists and communists yeah. as there are. That's just how like how there are. You know, people who claim to be capitalists, they don't think that every road should be a toll road and, you know, yeah. everything should be privatized. And yeah, the, the, everyone has a different vision of what it, yeah. of, of what of what that whole that is. whole hyperbole. It doesn't serve anyone. No. You just get on a grandstand and you make all these straw man arguments. And yeah, but it's just lame. Like, you sort of you get what they you get. 
I understand what I think. I think what it is is that capitalists have convinced people that the world that they envisioned being good is called capitalism. Yeah. Whereas, like, if you if you talk to people about how they would want the world to be organized, it's a lot farther left than the than the capitalism yeah. we have. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, because like. Econ- or so-called economists would use the term market failure. Like there's some sure. things that the market can't do for sure. Know? And there's some things that government can't do. Mm-hmm. And I, I concede to that. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean, it's, 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 it's not like, it's not like we argue. It's not for all government. or nothing. Like yeah. I'm a fucking, like I'm an adult. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, there, I think there's, an element of we all sort of just want to be able to do our thing, get get you know get to a comfortable position in our life, do yeah. our own thing. But I but like I don't know. What scares me more is it feels like there's people out there who want to make sure that I can't do what I want. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> or it's like even if it's like just not even if it's not something like dangerous or something, it's just like they're like, well, you should you know. Well, if you wanted to have a job, you should have gotten this degree or you should have gone yeah. to a trade school. You should, should have went back in time and did this instead. Yeah. It's like, well, then y'all motherfuckers told me I could be whatever I wanted. And then you're like, oh, wait. Yeah. Now that you're an adult. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah. Fuck you. Just go to college. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I'm not really sure. What I'm, well, you know, you got to go to college, right? If you want to get a good job, you don't want to end up like a janitor, do you? Yeah. And, and, now, and, 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 now, then, and now we're here. You're like, God damn. And then, that's not, shit sounds good. And then. <laughs> you know? you graduate from school you do everything you're supposed to do and it's a recession and you can't find a job and tough luck kid you're on your own you should have done this it is funny it is funny how like every job that our you know our parents generation used to tell us was like you don't want to be a garbage man it's like yeah that's pretty sick it's a good as long as you have the strength to keep up with it it's a good shout out to my boy sansy that's that's a really good job well he's got the strength though man yeah yeah, it's, I heard his I heard his back's doing better, but which, but in the words of uh, terror, he suffered to return harder. It's true. Yeah, it's true. He he. I mean, he. But he's the ultimate dude for that man. He's shouts he's, out to my boy Young Sands. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. It's my dog. Uh, he's a he's a he's a great man. That's for sure. He is. Yeah. So should we uh, put a bow on this? Yeah. So or watch a Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Got any well, final thoughts? Uh, uh, except, except Jerry for, Springer, final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, watch, uh, watch, watch John Carpenter's movies up until like 1990. <laughs> and watch They Live for sure. Watch it. It's not, I think partly we're talking about it a lot, about the the kind of messages it has it's, it's just an entertaining movie yeah too. you can just watch it and think it's a cool thing they're killing aliens and stuff we're kind of like trying to like dig a well here so oh yeah yeah it, it, it is a it is a solid fun movie that also has some cool shit tucked in there that you yeah. definitely it's a, it's a it's a it's a little bit of a thinker a little bit of a stinker. you gotta tuck it in know. to get it in <laughs> yeah and that's the final thought All right, y'all. Peace. See ya.